Welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. If you're looking for news, tips, and stories about fishing the Great Lakes, you've come to the right place. And now your host, Chris Larson. Good evening and welcome to Fishhawk Live and the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast. Tonight we're talking Lake Huron and it's a lake that doesn't get a lot of love, but uh, Happy to give it some love tonight and happy to be talking some Lake Huron fishing with Captain Ryan Sharp from Grand Bend Fishing Charters out of Grand Bend, Ontario. Ryan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Ryan, first off, tell us a little bit about yourself and your charter. Well, I've uh, been fishing my entire life uh, on Lake Huron. Um, started doing the trolling for salmon, trout, and walleye um, uh, in 2004. So uh, done that for, for a few years now and uh, just started chartering uh, in 2016. So still fairly, fairly new to that, but uh, we're building uh, a good business and a lot of clients, a lot of repeat clients already and uh, some great fishing all season long that uh, a lot of people don't uh, realize we have out here. Well, tell us a little bit about your boat first. That's, I think, the thing that a lot of people like to hear about is what kind of boat you're running. Sure. So we're running a Camping Explorer. It's a 23 foot, um, built in uh, in Canada, British Columbia. Very very stable platform for fishing and nice and uh, deep V, cutty in front. Um, got a big swim platform at the back that uh, we have the motors on. We're running 250 horsepower uh, um, Evinrude E-Tech G2, which uh, which uh, they don't make anymore uh, due to COVID. Um, but uh, it's a great motor and uh, we've got a kicker motor as well and full helm controls uh, for both uh, both motors and all Raymarine equipment. Uh, we got uh, Doppler radar, uh, Axiom units, um, uh, and uh, of course autopilot. All right, Ryan, uh, you know, you, you said you've been fishing the lake for about 17 years, uh, been out there trolling. How have things progressed in that 17 years? What's it like? What was it like then to now? Well, when we first started, uh, there was a, a big, a big crash uh, uh, in the salmon. Uh, the bait fish, the alewife, were no more. Uh, fish we were catching were were really small, big, really small salmon. Uh, they were very skinny. Um, uh, still, still fun. We loved it. Uh, you know, if had we fished when they were all 20, 30 pounders, uh, we might have left like a lot of the other people. But uh, no, we kept at it, and uh, consistently since then has improved. And, uh, you know, it's, re it's really changed from what it was. It was almost all salmon uh, and trout. And, uh, and now we're, we're getting uh, uh, quite a few walleye, which is, it's nice to see the, the variety we catch is, uh, is pretty amazing, especially this time of year, mid-July to uh, uh, September. It's uh, a pretty awesome fishery. Hey, you said a lot of people left the fishery, went other places, and where you are uh, on Lake Huron, you're kind of in that southern corner. You're you're fairly close to Lake Ontario, fairly close to Lake Erie. What is it about Lake Huron? What what's special about Lake Huron that that keeps you there and keeps you wanting to fish that fishery? So my my parents actually bought a cottage up here uh, uh, when I when I was one year old. So I have so many memories. Uh, you know, all, all the fishing off the pier and. And uh, there's a place called the Pinery, which uh, is a river, and we take the canoe through there, and you know, pike and bass and all that kind of stuff. So uh, you know, it's just it's just nice to be here. It's 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 really our, our home, and you know, we we pretty much live here all summer. So uh, uh, it, it's just nice to fish close to home, and uh, also the variety. Like you can't get that 
anywhere else that I know of and also uh, be able to eat the fish in nice, uh, nice clean water. You, you try Lake Huron walleye and uh, you know, that there, there's no going back out of that cold, clear water. We're starting to get a couple questions on Facebook and guys on YouTube too. If you got questions, go ahead and drop them in there. Uh, and I've heard you talk about this before, so uh, I don't want you to be offended by the question, but because I know that uh, you've got a really good answer for it. But Larry Dyshaw wants to know why the smaller boat uh, is it to chase the bite. So maybe talk a little bit about that and what goes, what's behind that choice with the boat that you guys have. So the the big issue we have here is we have to run far uh, to hit deep water. So, you know, often, uh, like this time of year, for example, we're running, you know, 12, 15 miles, even 18 miles offshore uh, for a trip. So that, you know, big boats that eats up a lot of fuel, whereas Lake Ontario or even, you know, if we fished up north, an hour and a half north of Concarden, we can actually get out to deep water uh, quick. And then it'd be nice to have a bigger boat. But, uh, you know, the smaller group's uh, size is nice. We take up to three people. And, uh, you know, some really enjoy that because they get more time on the rod. You're not waiting for, uh, you know, six, seven, eight people before you get your turn to fight a fish again. So, uh, yeah, we, we, we do have, uh, I've got big dreams uh, for the future. But uh, for now, I'm really happy with, uh, with what we've got. And we're doing well out there. It's working great. Yeah, so uh, tell us a little bit more about the structure in that area. Uh, we talked a little bit before we came on the air about what it's like, but uh, you were telling me that it's a real gradual uh, slide down, and uh, tell us a little bit more about what it's like uh, fishing right out of Grand Bend there. Well, I'll start off. In, in the spring, we fish more. Uh, uh, we launch at a Grand Bend, and we make the run to Kettle Point. There's a big reef there that uh, goes out for miles. There's Kettle Point and Stony Point Reef. Um, and they're great places to fish. The structure is amazing. You really got to watch your equipment, though. Make sure you're not, uh, uh, you know, you'll tag bottom really easily on that reef. and It can be pretty dangerous. Um, but the fishing is just phenomenal. It's the first area to heat up. Uh, the problem that happens is uh, the water warms up quick over there. So typically by uh, early to mid-June, we start moving north and uh, trying to get into that trying to get in that colder water um, and once we do that we kind of it kind of turns to gravel and we keep going later on in the summer it's all about depth trying to find that thermocline and we get out there it's almost entirely sand there, there's very little structure and uh, really it's all about finding that uh, that temperature to find the bait fish and uh, you find the bait fish you're going to find uh, the big fish so tell us a little bit about that, you know, the temperatures you're looking for, you're out there hunting for, uh, for that right, right water temperature. What are, you, what are you looking for this time of year? So this time of year, we're looking for uh, any temperature break we can. So w w w what's happened, you know, the past couple of weeks, it's been crazy. We've actually had 77 degrees on the surface and uh, down below uh, on the bottom, uh, it's been 69, so not not a huge break at all and uh the weird thing was the bait was packed in there so thick uh we were we were pulling everything out of there we were pulling walleye we got an atlantic salmon we got uh, a coho salmon uh we got a king salmon like we're ba we're basically fishing bath water and uh and it was insane but since then we've had a big north blow so currently cold waters pushed in so down 50 feet uh as of this morning, we, we, we hit uh, 
about 65 degree water, dropped it down to 65 feet, and we were in uh, uh, we were in 50 50 degree water. So you know, there's a really good thermocline set up there. So we're trying to get our lines through it. I always like to have some below, and I always like to have some above because I find those bait schools when you find them on your uh, on your sonar as well. Uh, if you have it, your lure right in the bait school, it's not gonna it's not as likely to get hit. You want to have it either above or below you know fish are looking for that easy target and they want to they want to smack it so you, you know right now it's all about having your lines all over the place focus most around that thermocline but still um you know we're allowed two lines per person uh, out here so we're often running we're limited to 10 lines uh so i try to have you know i try to have lines from 25 feet now uh all the way to pretty close to the bottom all right, that's good. It's interesting that you bring that up right now. We got a question from YouTube. Dan Crane wants to know, uh, when you're setting up for a full charter, how do you focus on setting your rods out for maximum efficiency? Does it change throughout the year and how you set things up? That's a great question. Um, so, well, I'll tell you what we did, uh, what we did today. So uh, we ran uh, uh, four boards. Um, I really like the Church Tackle TX44s. They're, they're nice and big and they pull that lead core well and even in the waves. Um, so we ran four boards. We ran a five color lead, uh, 10 color lead, uh, eight color lead core and uh, 300 foot copper. Um, then we ran two wire divers and uh, three riggers. So the two riggers we run uh, actually a Dan Keating trick running uh, light line 12 pound uh, test. Um, off the riggers and uh, we have our center rigger the shoot rigger we put uh, a flasher on it and uh, either spoon or a meat rig just to change things up and you know get get a chance at a big trout or big salmon down the cold water all right uh, you guys are definitely a mixed bag fishery mixed bag area but tell us about how the season progresses and kind of how things start you know if you can go back to the beginning of the season of april and kind of run us through and kind of how that all progresses and what your bags look like and how that changes throughout the year sure so we typically run the kettle point there where we want to get in that structure like we're looking for structure temperature and bait fish and if you can find two of those three you're going to do well um the problem with the spring is is uh the rain uh you know the mud and, and all that so it can be really muddy water um, so we're trying to find, you know, we're working the mud lines. Sometimes, you know, we're fishing the sandbar. Uh, you know, we can be in six feet of water trolling for coho. Uh, other years, it's too muddy. You can't do that. you got to go out, and we're out uh, seven, eight miles uh, off the tip of Kettle Point. Um, so it really depends. But uh, in the spring, we're, we're fishing high. So we're flatlining. We're flatlining bomber lawn A's. We're running riggers down, you know, four or five feet. Uh, um we're, we're running more planer boards than we are uh, our, our riggers. But mostly coho, mostly coho in the spring. We, we can get into the trout. We typically try not to target the lake trout um, unless we have to. Because um, charters, it's uh, a lot of times all, all about the numbers. But it really depends on the clients and, and, and what they, what they want to do. But, of course, kings are our main target. That's what we really want. But they have been uh, they've been difficult. You know, you're if you get a king on a charter, you're 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 lucky in uh, in Lake Huron because they're 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 getting hard to come by. Kind of one of the staples of your bag and what you guys are really bringing home these days is the walleye. And tell us a little bit about that walleye fishing in your area. 
So the walleye, we almost get no walleye in May, maybe one or two. And June is sort of when they start. So we might get uh, the odd one in June. But then come July, um, they, they really start. And, you know, it's not uncommon anymore to get, uh, you know, three-man uh, uh, limits of walleye. And limits here are, are with the sport license is six each. So it's, uh, you know, we're, we're not nearly what Lake Erie is for, for, for numbers and, and catching walleye quickly. But, uh, you know, we work at it. We can get uh, decent numbers and, you know, get uh, get people a, a good feed of walleye to take home. If you've got questions for Captain Ryan, go ahead and drop them in the comments and we'll get them to Captain Ryan. Here's one. Uh, we'll bring this one up. Uh, this is from Shelly on Facebook. Uh, what hazards are out there near Grand Bend that you worry about with your fishhawk probe? Well, we've got a ton of commercial fishing, so that's that's a huge issue for us. And, you know, being a father and son team, having two of us, it's really important, uh, uh, you know, to, to keep an eye out for these things. So having the two of us really helps with that. Um, last week, we had to have one guy on the wheel almost the entire time just to be a lookout because we had three fish tugs dropping nets and circling us all the way out. And um, out here, they're only marked the ones that are on the bottom at least are only marked with a single flag so it's a, a stick with a either a black or orange flag and you don't know where the other end is so it's really you know it's uh it's not a good feeling when you get up in them and there, there's a whole field of nets and you're trying to navigate through it and of course we you know you, you don't want to lose that fish hawk probe it's not cheap and uh, uh it's an important tool so we're all, we're very cautious about that we always carry a knife nearby just in case we have to you know, we have to start cutting, but um, that's one of the biggest things. And as far as, uh, you know, the structure this time of year, there's so much sand out there now, not a lot of rocks. We're still going to fish or we'll fish close to the bottom, but we won't get too close. Um, I don't, don't want to risk it, especially with the probe. Um, so I, I won't put that one uh, within probably 10, 20 feet of the bottom, just, just for safety. But that's for us, that's, uh, that's the biggest issue is those nets. You talked about uh, quite a bit of, of commercial operations. How about um, other charters and just and just recreational folks out there fishing? Uh, what is the pressure like in that area? You know, it, it, it's funny because in the spring we get, uh, oh, there's probably seven or eight charters that come, and, and most of them move to Lake Erie, so they're, they're only here uh, May mostly and, and a little bit of June, and they take off, and then uh, – um, you know, we're pretty much left. Like today, there was, there was two other boats out there, and that's it. Uh, a weekend, you might get five or six at the most. Um, but as far as charters, there's only uh, a four in the area. So it's, you know, there's not much pressure for that. The commercial fishing, there's a lot of pressure. But uh, as far as the charters go and uh, the sport guys, a lot of guys don't want to run, uh, make those big runs, or, or they don't have the boat for it. Um, you know, you really got to pick your days and we're very careful when we make the call for, uh, uh, for the weather because uh, it can get nasty out there pretty quick. And, uh, you know, we want to keep everybody safe and give everybody a good time. All right. Here's, here's a question on one of my favorite topics. This one's from Paul on Facebook. He'd like to know what's your recommended method of cooking fish in general, salmon in particular. Well, I, I love to cook fish. I do a lot of cooking. Um, you know, our, our, my favorite way is really simple. Uh, there's a spice. It's made by Clubhouse. I don't know if you have any of that in the, in the States over there, but um, uh, it's a maple bacon flavor. So all we do is we put olive oil on the salmon. Uh, we sprinkle that maple bacon on it. 
we put it in a 425 degree oven and uh, about 20 minutes or so, or, you know, just when it's just almost cooked, you take it out and, uh, oh, it, it, it's so good and it's simple. I mean, the, the fish is nice and fresh and uh, good tasting. So sometimes the, the less you do to it, the better, the better it is. And for walleye, um, uh, you know, you can't beat beer batter for walleye and, and uh, deep fried stuff. So I like, uh, I like to eat my fish. We eat fish quite a bit in the summer. All right, here's uh, Sean from Facebook. Just wants to say hello. Hello, Captain <laughs> Ryan. I always enjoy our charters. Can't wait for our next one from Sean. Thanks, Sean. Yeah, thanks for watching. So you brought up something a little while ago uh, about fishing with, with your dad. Uh, tell yeah. us about that and what that's like and kind of what his role and your role is on the boat. Sure. Well, I, I definitely wouldn't be where I am today with this without my dad. I mean, uh, I never would have got into fishing probably. Uh, I might have, but I mean, it would be totally different with the trolling. You really need two people. And, uh, you know, either unless you have a good friend you can go with all the time, it's uh, it's tough. So, I mean, because we, we basically learn this type of fishing together, we, we uh, how we got into it, uh, my dad booked a charter. I think I was only seven, eight years old. But it was Dwindle's Dream with Captain Rick uh, and his son, Chris Dwindell. Uh, they're out of Concordon, and, and they were great. They turned us right on to the fishing, and, you know, we just just loved it. And uh, my brother and mom actually came, and they both got seasick and hated it. But uh, <laughs> but we thought it was the best thing going. And, um, uh, you know, we, we said we got we to gotta try it out here. And it took us a while to get on. Probably, probably took... Uh, a season almost before we actually started catching anything and you know we had a lot of learning to do and uh, we, we booked a few charters it's a great way to learn is go out with somebody that knows um you know some people you think oh, i don't want to pay for that i'll figure it out but you know you save a lot of money going with someone who knows the area and uh, a lot of the charters at least the captains that i know the uh professional ones that they they love to to teach people and, uh, you know, it's a great learning experience. The more boats you get on, the more tips and techniques you'll pick up. So I uh, highly recommend that if you're, you know, you're newer to fishing and uh, you want to learn a particular area. That's, that's definitely the way to go. All right, we got a question coming in from YouTube. This is Gordon. He said he started the Fish Lake Huron out of Kincardine in 1982. He says the bait was so thick it used to make the downriggers bounce. What's the bait situation these days? Well, we actually fished uh, Concarn a couple weeks ago. We fished the Chantry Derby. Um, and the funny thing was out there, we, we marked hardly any bait. The fish we caught, uh, their stomachs were, were nearly empty. But back home here in Grand Bend, uh, the bait has been the best I, I've seen. Um, they're loaded with smelt. Uh, we had some fish loaded with baby perch, but smelt's been the biggest bait. Like the, We're marking smelt like crazy. Um, uh, and some of the lake trout, they're they're full of gobies as well. But it's the smelt that's really what's in the uh, what's in the salmon and the walleye as well. So uh, you know things are looking positive that way. But hardly hardly any alewife. We we don't get that very often anymore. All right. So you're you're seeing in the bellies, and you talk about using meat rigs. Or what are you using uh, for meat in your meat rigs? Um, so actually, we uh, uh, started using the. It's called the big one cut bait. So it's an alewife strip actually from Lake Ontario. And uh, um, it's not cheap, but it's so easy because it's preserved. So, you know, they say it doesn't require refrigeration. So it's just easier for us to, 
to put on it. And, and we don't run a ton of it. Um, I like to have it down there just to, uh, you know, get some stink in the water and uh, uh, turn up the big fish. And, you know, it, it doesn't go off that often for us, but when it does, it's usually, it's usually Moby Dick and uh, we love it. All right, here's one from YouTube again, High Point Outdoors. As the day moves along, do you change the location of baits in the temperature column? Yeah, um, definitely. So I mentioned we use the fish hawk to find our, our temperature, um, but, you know, you have to, through experience, you know, we've, we've learned, like, you know, a lot of people know that uh, the bait, um, you know, tends to move in uh, low light conditions in the morning and in the evening. And if the bait's in there, the fish will come out of temperature and, and we've seen that uh, they come out of their temp. It just like, uh, you know, a buffet, if there's a snowstorm, you might not want to go, but uh, you know, if there's all that food there and, and you know, it gets you going and uh, you know, you want to eat and that's just what the fish do. They, they come in out of their comfort zone and uh, they want to have a feed. And if you're in there, if you hit that, uh, you're going to get them. And also too, as that light comes up, it pushes the fish down. So we've definitely, uh, you know, those bright, bright, sunny days where fishing deeper, sometimes a little colder water. So, you know, the fish talk's a great tool. You need it. Um, but you also have to, you know, you have to figure out and learn through experience, uh, you know, what to look for. You're typically just because of the of where you're fishing and what kind of depths you're fishing and, and this this mixed bag effect. You're typically kind of covering the entire water column when you're out there, right? Pretty well. Um, like even this time of year, uh, believe it or not, we can get rainbows on a flat line because a lot of times first thing in the morning, uh, they'll be up feeding on emerald shiners. They'll be up there and be full of minnows and uh, even bugs too on the surface. So it's you know with the ten lines uh, we can we can cover quite a bit um, and it depends what, uh, what the clients really want. Some guys want walleye, we'll, we'll fish up uh, in the warmer water, but uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it all depends because some days, you know, it depends what the wind does. If the colder water comes in, we'll nail the salmon and the next day uh, clients want salmon and we can only get rainbows. So it, it really changes. Um, it changes quite a bit. Like that's, Really what keeps the fish in there is just the different currents and it spreads them out, either packs them close together, tighten a school with the bait, or they're all spread out and it's all about covering water and, uh, you know, covering water and just about every depth. And that's what you got to do. Just like when you're fishing, sometimes it's, you know, the downriggers that do all the damage. Other days it's the boards and other days the dipsies and other days everything's going. So uh, you really got to cover it all. And when it's just my dad and I fishing ourselves, um, we'll be... Uh, running uh uh you know we're allowed two lines uh, each so four lines uh total so we're going to run two downriggers and one dipsy and one board just to have everything covered and then adjust from there uh, as needed so and the other neat thing too is uh uh our new downriggers we got from tracks tech um they have a jig mode so we've been trying to jig for water uh, jig for lake trout near the bottom and that's actually been producing really well so we're uh uh, you know, we're, we're still, we're still playing around with it. And uh, so far we're, it, it's producing, it's helping, especially on the tougher days. Yeah. I saw actually a video that you did on Instagram talking about those, those downriggers. What made you go with those tracks tech downriggers? So it, it was really interesting. We had, uh, we actually got a call from, uh, from Chad and, and Chad and Ryan, they're the, uh, uh, 
new owners of, uh, or they, they founded uh, Boat and Tackle, BoatandTackle.ca. So they're a Canadian uh, distributor now for Trax Tech, Church Tackle, and Fishhawk. So uh, they called us up, and it was during COVID, so we weren't allowed to charter at all in May and June, and uh, said, can we come out and test some products and do some filming? And, uh, you know, we looked into that, and, uh, you know, according to laws, we were able to do it. So we got them out, and uh, we had a great time. They're, uh, they're great guys, and they run a great business. And the big thing for us being in Canada is purchasing that stuff. Like, you know, we, we had Trax Tech products to begin with. Uh, we didn't have the downriggers. You know, the shipping was crazy and, and duty. But uh, from these guys, it's all in Canada. So that really, really helps us out a lot. And we can get parts quick, uh, especially for those church boards. If we need uh, replacements or something, uh, they've got them. So it's, uh, it's great to have uh, someone close by in Canada that uh, we can get that stuff because they're, they're great products. And, uh, important to have yeah you're talking about the challenges of getting products and if there's anybody out there that's been trying to get a fishhawk x4 or x4d in the last four months they know it's been pretty challenging too we're having a hard time getting the components that we need to build the products so we're, we're really behind and, and trying to get them out to our dealers so at least they can sell what we have um but what i wanted to ask you about in, in ontario has been a different story than the united states this year uh, you guys were were pretty well shut down into the midsummer. Uh, tell us a little bit about COVID and how that's been a challenge for the charter guys on the Ontario side in this year, uh, two thousand twenty-one. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been really tough for everybody. Um, May and June, we we were we were totally shut down. Um, uh, weren't allowed to uh, uh, take any clients. Um, we, we could fish ourselves. We're allowed to go out, uh, you know, to fish for food, but that was just about it. Same household. Um, so, you know, we tried to get out still as much as we could. And, uh, you know, we, we had, uh, I, I purchased some new electronics. We were wearing the radar and all that stuff. So it was good to have that time to do that and, and get a little fun fishing in. But, uh, yeah, it's hard to, hard to cancel uh, charters, but we had to do it. And, uh, you know, everybody else was, you know, in the, in the same boat really and uh that's all we could do so we were patiently waiting and uh um, all of a sudden they said we were open it was time to go so uh we started and you know just about everybody we canceled rebooked so we were actually full by uh full by by early july for the season so i mean that's been great in a way COVID's helped us that way people are are so bored they want to get out and do something um, and we typically do get quite a few Americans, but with the border being closed, we, we couldn't do that. So we're getting uh, quite a few locals, which, you know, which is good too. And it brought us closer with some of the other local businesses. We're trying to work together and, uh, you know, and, and uh, recover from it and, and have a great season. And so far we have, and, you know, we're really happy about it. Uh, let's let's dive into that a little bit. You said you did some fun fishing with your dad. Yeah. Uh, the two of you, this is the question I ask pretty much everybody. Um, but with the two of you go out, you got four lines. You said you run two riggers, one diver, and, and uh, one long line or one on the planer boards. Yeah. Uh, what's on the business end there? So if I'm going to tell you, you can yeah. go out tomorrow, but it's just you and your dad. You've got four lines. How are you going to set all those up to go fishing? Yeah. So based on what's going on right now, um, you know, I, I'd have one downrigger down uh, right near the bottom. So I'd put, uh, I'd put a flasher on it and uh, I'd actually put a spoon because that seems to be what's going better. Um, meat's been a little slow the last few trips. 
the other downrigger I'd, I'd set, you know, right in that thermocline, uh, assuming it's uh, still where it was today. I'd, I'd put that down 60 feet and I put a spoon on that as well. And uh, I run a 10 color lead cork. So that's working great right now. And uh, their dipsy, I'd uh, I'd throw a body bait on there, try and get uh, a walleye. Right now, most of the fish are coming off spoons, um, but uh, you know it's good to have some body baits down there as well. In the spring, we run about 50 50, 50 body or 50 percent body baits, 50 percent spoons. You know, you really want to uh, cover uh, you know cover everything. But uh, lately, spoon bites been uh, been the hottest for us. So for types of spoons, we run. Um, almost all pro kings. I really love them. Uh, there's a little walleye spoons. We had great luck with them last year and this year they're just, they don't seem to be hitting for some reason. Everything this year has been on uh, a silver back spoon. Nothing copper has been working. So another spoon we run, it's called a C4 lure. So it's actually made in Canada. It's plastic and you heat it up and, uh, um, you can actually bend it and mold it how you want to, uh, you know, to change the shape. So I like to have, you know, just something different down there. So it actually, I got one here. That's what, what it looks like, you know, it's, and it's all plastic. So it's just something different. And uh, I like to use scent as well. That's something we've started using uh, um, last year. I really got into the different scents and uh, playing around with that and the, the super gels. Well, what are your favorite scents, Ryan? Well, I, I, I really like the Procure. Um, so Procure, we use the Super Gel. Bloody Tuna is my favorite. I don't know why. Like, there's no tuna in Lake Huron, but for some reason, that's that's been the go-to. Um, it's uh, uh, just a gel. It's got UV stuff in it. So you just put a bead of that on or a little dab on the bottom of the spoon. And, uh, you know, on the tougher days, you'll notice that, you know, I believe that you're actually taking the hook in deeper a lot of times. So we do play around with it. Some days I find the scent doesn't really seem to work that well. Um, so I, I won't put scent on everything. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll just put it on a few usually and test it out. And uh, the other downside to scent is you, you got to, after the charter, we got to, you know, we got to scrub all that off. And, uh, you know, with, with soap and water, rinse it really good. Because if you got that old scent on, that can deter them too. So it's... Uh, you know, there, there's a downside to it, but, uh, you know, the, we tried those spray on scents before you put them in the water and it all just disappears. But that gel, I, uh, it's worked pretty good for us. So I, I'd recommend giving, you know, giving that a try, especially on a tough day. All right. Here's the one from YouTube. This is Dan and Dan wants to know, uh, when the conditions get rough, what are you doing for boat control? Do you change yeah. directions, use bags, anything else? So we, we, we don't actually run drift socks or bags at all. Um, so we've got a Raymarine autopilot EV100, which is, which is pretty awesome. Um, when waves get bad, we always like to troll with the waves. So if I know it's going to get rough, you know, I'll go, you know, way the heck past my spot and then turn the boat and we'll set up lines and kind of do one big long drift all the way through and just go with the waves it's more comfortable for us to set lines and catch fish and, and for the clients and also for seasickness because we're always watching that. And, you know, some of the people we take, they've never been on a boat before. And, uh, you know, you, you get out there and, you know, oftentimes at this time of year, you know, if the waves are under two or, two or three feet, you're, you're lucky. So it's uh, we can get some pretty big waves going. But, uh, yeah, no, it works. Uh, the autopilot works great. 
Um, if the winds get really, really bad um, and the autopilot, you know, you need to stay there and, and adjust it. That's usually when the waves are too bad and it's time to go in. You know, if they get to six feet, you're, uh, you know, if you go with the waves, you can handle huge, huge waves. But, uh, you know, you got to remember you got to get back to and go through it to get home. All right, we got one uh, from Facebook. This is Les, and Les says he's a new guy uh, leading from Port Franks. How long of a run do I need to get into some good fishing? So, well, I mean, you, you don't have to go real deep, but if you want good fishing this time of year, you do. Um, so, you know, I would, if I were you, I'd run, uh, you know, to the Pinery, which, you know, for those of you who don't know, that's about half the distance between Port Franks and Grand Bend. Start there and troll, uh, troll towards Grand Bend just to get in the deeper water because we tend to keep heading north uh, as the as the water or as the season progresses, you know, we get those big winds and it changes things. So, uh, you know, I would, I would go out to uh, 80 feet, drop your lines and troll out. And uh, you know, like today we were, we were fishing uh, about yeah. 90 to 110. That was the best. Um, but you know, every day is different and you really got to cover water and find them. And once you find them, just keep working the area do it two or three passes. If nothing, keep on going. I like to color the tracks every couple trips on my, uh, on my uh, GPS, uh, you know, so I can track the fish and figure out which line I want to be on. And then that, that's really the way to do it. So, uh, yeah, go out. Uh, I'd recommend going out to those depths and, uh, dropping lines and, and giving it a try, but depending on what kind of boat you have, just make sure you pick your days, check the weather. And, uh, it's supposed to be pretty good for the next couple of days. All right, here's another uh, new guy, Sully Fisher. He mostly fishes Georgian Bay. What would be the best piece of advice for somebody looking to try and fish on uh, the southern side of Huron? Um, well, if you know, if you wanted to go on a charter someday, that you know, that would be great. Uh, local tackle shop. Um, there, there's there, there are great options there as well. Uh, uh, Steve at Lambeth Raw and Tackle. He's a good friend of mine and. Uh, you know, if you call him, he'll he'll give you good advice on, on where to go. Like the local tackle shops are the best places to find info because people are coming in there all the time and, you know, they're sharing their fish stories and uh, he knows what, what's going on, what to do. And, you know, he, he typically has me uh, pick out the, the pro king order for the, for the season. So a lot of the spoons that I run, uh, the ones I want, uh, he usually has in stock there. So that's a good place to... Uh, get gear we're using but yeah the main piece of advice though really is uh you know fish hawk says if uh you know you don't have a fish hawk you're basically going for a boat ride so get a fish hawk and uh you know and also learn how to use it i mean it's simple to use but you have to you have to know kind of what to look for and the best way to do that is keep a fishing log you know i've been keeping a log since uh uh, since 2004, I've been logging, you know, temperatures, finding, uh, you know, recording what depths, where we caught it and everything else. And, you know, people think you want to, you, you want to, you have hot fishing spots. That's what they think. It's all about the spot, you know, like bass fishing structure and all that. And then that's part of it. But the main thing is, is look for the patterns. Like why, why are the fish there? Why is the, you know, and is it because the bait's in, is it because of the temperature and what, what was the wind the day before? And once you learn that and you start looking more for patterns, uh, you, you're, you're going to do a lot better. All right. Uh, here's a, 
Good one here that you'll like. This is from Port Franks Charters. And they hey, said, uh, good, good job explaining our fishery, Captain Ryan. The fish hawk really is my most important tool out of Port Franks. And you you did some fish hawk talking. And if, if you guys are just joining us today and you haven't seen some of the previous episodes, go back to last week. We had uh, Trevor Sumption, my boss, from fish hawk on the show. And we really got down to the nuts and bolts of how fish hawk works. But Ryan, tell us a little bit more about some of the electronics you have on your boat and how you're using those uh, to catch fish for your clients. Sure. So uh, um, we switched to, I switched to all Ray Marine. We had the Ray Marine autopilot and, you know, I've been on different boats and, uh, you know, the different, different ones I've been on, they're sidestep and, and they can't take the waves. You can't run with them on, uh, you know, so you know, we have, we, I've had so much good luck with the Ray Marine stuff. Um, so that's what, uh, we went with. So I, I, I really liked the new, uh, Axiom units that came out a few years ago. They got the 3d real vision, side vision, down vision. Um, so I'm really using all that together. Uh, I got two displays, so I'm, you know, in radar as well. So some clients say it looks like NASA on the boat with all the, all the stuff, but really, you know, you have to have all that for safety, um, and for catching fish. So, I mean, it's, it's all important. Um, you know, you got to know what's down there. Uh, you got to know where the bait's at and also to see, you know, where your downrigger lines are. And you see fish streaking up and it's really neat. You can actually rewind on, uh, on this one and, and a lot of the newer ones too. So you can rewind up to 20 minutes. So if you missed a fish and caught it, you can actually rewind, rewind, see where it came from or place a waypoint right on it. Um, and all that so uh and the software is coming out uh new software all the time so you're constantly getting new features and and uh you know there's there, there's lots to learn technology is changing so fast and we're trying to stay on top of it and uh, really you know it's all about uh you know giving your clients the the best chance at catching a fish uh you know and uh it's just it, it, it's important you know the fish the customer service is obviously the most important uh and then fishing second but uh you know people that come out in a charter they want to catch fish and and uh you know we work our butts off to do it and you know my dad and i we've done it so long we know uh we don't even have to talk to each other we, we kind of read each other's minds and um you know we work together so well and uh you know we got our own routine down and you know, it's, we're having a great time out there and uh, just loving it. And so far, every charter has been great. We've had great people. And, uh, you know, you never know who you're going to get. But, uh, you know, we've, we've made a lot of friends through the charters. Yeah, that's a really good point and something I wanted to bring up. I noticed uh, on your website, uh, your dad lists uh, the Ritz-Carlton Customer Service Excellence <laughs> Program as, as, as one of his accomplishments. And I think that's, uh, that's something really good to list. Yeah, no, he's a, a, a semi-retired optometrist. So, you know, he's had a lot of, uh, uh, you know, his business is so much about customer service. So, you know, he's able to pass a lot of that down to me. And uh, um, he's great. Like, you know, usually in the morning, I'm just focused on the fishing. I'm focused on where I'm going to go and drive the boat and the lures and everything. And whereas he's, he's with the customers, getting them all chatted up. And uh, um, it's great because I can just get the lines out and... Uh, um, you know, explain what's going on, and uh, that's great. And he tells a lot of jokes too, but his jokes are pretty bad. <laughs> They're dad jokes, right? <laughs> All right, uh, Rick on Facebook would like to know a little bit more about your program when you're specifically targeting walleyes. Well, when we when we started, 
getting getting the walleyes more consistently. Like really, you know, they're incidental catches. We weren't really targeting them. Um, so then, of course, you know, we get people that actually want that's all they want is walleye so there's different techniques we do um but not not all that different mainly just kind of focusing higher up in the water we want the warmer water uh sometimes they'll be you know like in their really hot water it doesn't make any sense other times they'll be close to where that thermocline is but uh you know a lot of lead core run run, uh, run lead core um riggers don't seem to get much uh, try more body baits. Um, depends on the time of year. Some guys will run worm harnesses, but you know I don't like running them. You got to run slow. Uh, they're they're messy. Focus on those uh, focus on those planer board lines, and, and uh, really r run those hard. And uh, you know you, walleye school pretty good. So if you get in, into one or two, just keep working that area. You know as uh, as my buddy Steve always says, who I know is watching. Uh, you know, he says never, never leave fish to find fish. That's that's good advice. You talked a little bit about speed there and going slow, and yeah. uh, a lot of guys like to fish fast. Uh, here's a question from Facebook: Is Shelly wants to know what's your favorite speed on the fish hawk for kings? Yeah, typically uh, two seven is 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 what we what we go for. But uh, you know, some days, you know, depending on the current, what's going on. Uh, you know, you know, if we get a big fish on, we'll slow down for it. Sometimes the, neck, the rod beside it will go off. So sometimes they like that 1.9 range, but um, typically we're we're trying to stay 2.4 to 2.7. That's uh, that's my favorite speed. And sometimes we'll go fast too. You know, if we're uh, kind of going back towards shore, we're just finishing up cleaning the fish, pulling the rods in. We'll speed up a bit, and sometimes we'll, we'll nail a big one that way. So really, it's just. Uh, you know, you got to watch those planer boards too, because if you turn one way, one side slow, one side's fast. Uh, if you hit them on the, the fast side, uh, it tells you to speed up a bit. And another trick we do uh, for, with speed is uh, we actually set the autopilot on a flat, calm day to zigzag mode. So we're, you know, we're covering all that water and all those turns. And if we get a follower, it's a good chance they'll hit. We've actually put an underwater camera down there too. And we've had fish follow for probably 25 minutes sometimes before they actually hit. So it's really interesting on the stuff you can learn from uh, having eyes below the water. Yeah, that's super interesting. Ryan, uh, we are kind of getting towards the end of the night here. Is there something that you wanted to talk about that we haven't talked about yet? Yeah, I just, just want to say, you know, have fun out there. Uh, you know, if you're not having fun, there's no point in doing it. So have fun and also be safe. Uh, you know, I actually pulled uh, another boater, uh, rescued them out of the water last year, and I don't want to do that again. So uh, highly recommend wearing uh, 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 inflatable PFDs. Uh, we put the Mustang uh, ones on every client. Um, keeps everybody safe. They're, they're so comfortable these days, so there's really no excuse for not wearing them. Uh, things can happen fast out there, so, uh, you know, it's just a good thing to – to, to have and, and just be safe and that way you can just focus on the fishing and uh you know you, you know you're you're all prepared for what could happen all right i got your website up there right now ryan but uh tell us about some places on social they can find you and that's how that's how i found you was via instagram but uh tell people about your instagram handle and where they can find you on facebook and all those places great so uh facebook we're grand bend fishing charters instagram uh grand bend fishing charters and uh, the best place is our website. Uh, if you're interested in booking, we've got all the information there, everything about the boat and uh, about us. 
Um, and also we post uh, fishing reports. We do, we try to post just about every trip. Uh, we like to, you know, give people an idea of what the catch is like and what's been going on. And um, we have catch reports going back for a few years now too. So you can see how, you know, the fishery is kind of changing and, and developing and uh, we'll see where it goes. I hope we get into more salmon. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the variety is awesome. Like, you know, we've caught salmon, trout, walleye, brown, brown trout, coho, uh, chinook, Atlantic, pink, all that stuff in the same trip. So it's pretty awesome to do that. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, very cool mixed bag. Uh, you can find Captain Ryan Sharp at GrandBendFishingCharters.com. Just want to thank everybody for watching and listening this week, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. And if you're out there, you're a charter captain or maybe just a very serious angler and thinking about uh, – like to think about uh, doing some fishing and perhaps go on the show, uh, you can look me up, uh, check me out, and uh, go ahead and send me an, an email at chris at gradenoutdoor.com, and uh, we're always looking for new guests. So uh, feel free to drop me a line, or else you can just message us on Instagram at fishhawkelectronics.com. For Ryan Sharp, I'm Chris Larson. Thanks so much for watching tonight, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. For more information on fishing the Great Lakes, visit our blog at fishhawkelectronics.com.